Welcome to the Avail Leadership Podcast, where our goal is to help you take your leadership to the next level. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're having a conversation with Pastor Dennis Rouse about his latest book entitled One, Healing the Racial Divide. Needless to say, this topic is extremely relevant right now. Dennis has spent decades pastoring Victory Church in the Atlanta area and leading in a way that promotes authentic unity and reconciliation in the body of Christ. Now, he has powerful insights to share with us. Trust me, you won't want to miss this episode. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to our Avail live call We are excited and expectant as always to spend an encouraging time together as leaders, as people who love God, as people who are leading in our communities, in our churches, in the marketplace. Uh, Man, I'm so excited uh, because today we are going to be speaking with Pastor Dennis Rouse, the author of the book One, Healing the Racial Divide. Talk about relevant, talk about important information. We're going to get more information about that to come right now. We would love to know who is connected with us as we do every time we connect for our avail live call webinars. Uh, It would be amazing to be able to uh, know who's connected with. If you could take a moment and go on the chat and you could put your name and where you are connected from. Uh, Don't be shy. Put your city, put your state. And if you're uh, abroad and outside of the United States, let us know what city and country you are connected from. We love, love, love to hear from all the people connected from different parts of the states, different parts of the world. Uh, My name is Virgil Sierra. I'm the Avail Leadership Media host, and it is a privilege and an honor for me uh, to get to be here once again with all of you Avail leaders out there. Uh, Avail, uh, our heart at Avail is to just provide resources, content, and information through written media, like books, through uh, social media, through uh, online formats as well, because we want to equip today's leaders for the art of leadership. Again, my name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, also known as Iglesia Vertical in South Florida, where we are one church, two languages. And it is my honor and my pleasure uh, to host today's live call, today's Avail live call. We see that there are people connecting already from different states, Pennsylvania in the house, New York is in the house, Georgia is in the house, Virginia, Florida. Uh, We have here from Guyana, South America. Uh, Praise God. We have people connecting. As I said, we're about to get started in a few moments here on our live call with Pastor Dennis Rouse, who wrote the book, One, Healing the Racial Divide, something that I think is not only relevant, but applicable for today's uh, uh, current situation in our nation. And I think worldwide, uh, it's going to be an amazing conversation. Pastor Dennis is going to share a little bit about how this book came to be, what God's placed on his heart, and how it could be a help to you as you lead uh, as well. We are now currently live on Facebook as well, which is a great uh, blessing. So not only are we on the live Zoom call with all of you who are connecting from different parts of the country and the world, but we are also live on Facebook, which extends the reach even that much farther. Hey, before we jump in right now to the conversation, by the way, 
you are going to be able to get a free book today. I said the word free. So make sure you stay connected with us to get more information on that. And if you are a leader who's looking for leadership community, if you want to connect with other leaders, I want to let you know that you can connect to avail leadership connect dot com and that will lead you to our private uh, 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 Facebook Avail Connect page again Avail Leadership Connect dot com that's a private Facebook page where thousands of leaders are connecting literally on a daily basis um, it's going to be a great opportunity to just add another uh, resource to your leadership resources that's Avail Leadership Connect dot com. And so we've all connected today for one reason. We've connected because we are on a live call webinar with Pastor Dennis Rouse, who wrote the book, One, Healing the Racial Divide. We're going to be talking about how you can get that book for free today. And uh, for me, I'm excited to get this conversation started. For those of you, uh, you're going to get to get, know him a little bit better here, but Pastor Dennis uh, is the founding pastor of Victory World Church in Norcross, Virginia. Uh, um, he is uh, originally involved in the business world, felt called to ministry, and he felt called to promoting unity and reconciliation in the body of Christ. I had a great conversation with him about this where he shared with me and man, it's amazing what God has done so far. And there's so much more that God's going to do through Pastor Dennis. Uh, he's married to his wife, Colleen, uh, 37 years. Uh, he's got a daughter, a son-in-law and two grandkids and uh, even experiencing new journeys in his calling and, and in this season of his life. Um, started the church uh, February 4th, 1990 in Atlanta with six people. And now that church has grown. There's over 142 national nationalities represented, uh, 20,000 members, three campuses, 17 church plants across the city. He is the man of the hour, Pastor Dennis Rouse. What an honor and a blessing for me and everybody who's connected to this Avail live call to connect with you. How are you doing today, Pastor Dennis? Very good, Virgil. Thank you for having me on today. And I just want to say welcome to all of you that are watching us today. This is going to be a great discussion. Uh, just a little correction. I'm, we are in Georgia, not Virginia, but sorry, sorry it's Atlanta, that. Georgia. But um, that, that, in case you were going online to find us, it's Victory Church in Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. But I'm so happy to be with you because this is such a very timely subject that we're talking about today. And I hope everyone that's online with us is going to enjoy this conversation. Yeah, you know, Pastor Dennis, we were talking a little bit about, uh, you know, you told me the story of how the church started there in Atlanta, and just how, how from, from the beginnings where maybe there wasn't a lot there, and God has just multiplied that, uh, and, and now you're, in, you're even in a, in a new season of your life, but, but the, the, what we're here for today is specifically this book, One. So, the Lord put on your heart. Uh, this book. And I know that this has been on your heart, you and your wife and your ministry and your church uh, since the beginning, this, this heart uh, for diversity and unity. And so I would love for you to take a few minutes and share. Uh, I know that there's so many people as we are speaking, there's more people connecting from different parts of this country, different parts of the world. I would love for you to share, uh, Pastor Dennis, just the story behind this book. Again, the book is One, Healing the Racial Divide. Tell us a little bit about the story, your heart behind it, and, and, and why you think this book is going to make a difference. Yeah, so today I was talking with somebody earlier today, and they asked me, how long did it take you to write this book? And I said, it took me a whole life, my whole life to write this book, because this book is uh, the story that unfolded for me from the time I was young, living here, growing up in the South, in Atlanta, Georgia, during the Civil Rights era, during Martin Luther King time. 
and uh, being bused across town at the eighth, in the eighth grade when the schools integrated and finding myself for the very first time in my life a minority in a class filled with people of another race. Wow. And learning how the, the nuances of that, the dynamics of that was a very important part of my story. But fast forward several years later, I would give my heart to Christ and we would eventually be called to the city of Atlanta to start our church. And recognizing that we still were in a, an hour, a season, even back in 1990, when the church was a very segregated institution. In fact, today in 2020, we are still 85% of the church is still a segregated church where mm. we're predominantly one race only churches. And so we started this with this idea uh, that we would be a church that would reach other nations. And we saw in the book of Acts where God spoke, uh, where Jesus spoke his very last words, the great commission that you shall be a witness of me in Judea, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And we took that seriously. We realized that the key word there was Samaria because the Samaritans were the other race, the other culture to the Jews. They had long history together, a lot of animosity towards one another. And Jesus was saying, part of your witness of Christ, part of the recognition of your life with Christ is going to be to cross over into another culture and embrace that other culture as your own, as a part of your life together. And so we started with a goal of 100 nations. Uh, we now have 142 different nationalities, which is a very interesting dynamic in its own right. But we've, as we've gone along over the, over the 30 years that we've been pastoring, the Lord began to show us that this was a message for the hour. This is one of the reasons why many young people today have stopped going to church because they look at the church as a segregated institution as uh, racially divided, not unified together under the love of Jesus. And so we recognized that in order to reach this new generation, we needed to be more proactive in this area. So I wrote this book. The book kind of goes through a lot of history. It goes through a lot of stories. I tell a lot of personal things in the book about what we went through in the dynamic of this church and what it looks like to be a, a, a reconciled people and uh, then it kind of gives solutions. I see so many times uh, a lot of problems being talked about in society with this issue, but not a lot of solutions. Mm. And so we felt like this would be an opportunity to write a book that would offer solutions, show people the way to reconciliation. That's so good. I think um, it's evident that our nation in this moment, Pastor Dennis, is, I would say, um, has been awakened to this reality, maybe even more than, than ever in the recent history this year, 2020, which has been such a challenging year for so many reasons. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a timely, it's a timely book uh, and it's a timely voice. And I think you're right. I think that you're, this wasn't just a, a, a couple of months of thoughts. This is your life, what God placed on your, on your heart, you and your wife, when you uh, uh, started this. So, so going there, I want to get into just some questions that we have here. And along the way, if there's anybody uh, listening who has a, uh, an interesting question here on, on our live Zoom chat, you can uh, hit the Q&A button on the bottom and you can put it in there. If we have time and we can get to it, we'll try to get to it. Here's a question, Pastor Dennis. Okay. Uh, when you and your wife, Colleen, were first beginning to advocate for uh, a diverse, inclusive church uh, in, for the church community that you were building, what were some of the initial challenges you faced and how can leaders prepare for these challenges if they want to get on that same journey? So what we 
went through, what we recognized right away as we started our church was that most people live their life based on their human culture, based on the culture that they grow up in. And their human culture takes on a dynamic in the way that they do life and the way they interact with people and so on and so forth. And what happens is, unfortunately, in the church, many people don't recognize that when you become a follower of Christ, a truly, fo truly following Jesus, hmm. you are transforming into a new culture called the kingdom culture. And the kingdom culture is a culture unlike the earthly culture. It's not a culture that we grow up with. It's not a culture that we're used to. It's a culture we have to learn to adapt to and learn from in the Bible. But it's the earthly culture, if you really get down to it, that divides us. It causes us to divide according to race, according to language, according to culture. It's the kingdom culture that unites us. And the great challenge has been how do you bring people into this new idea? because most of us grow up in churches that are founded in or grown, grown around our human culture. What we're used to, what we're like, what we like, the people that we like to be around. And so over the years, as we've tried to teach this, not everybody embraces that. Right. Not everybody wants that. Most people want to hold on to their earthly culture and then just bring Christ into it instead of saying, it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ Jesus who lives inside of me. And it's no longer my life, my old life passes away. Behold, I have a new life in Christ who gives me the ministry or the heart of reconciliation. First, reconciling people to God, and then secondly, reconciling people to people. And I think that's the, that's the challenge we have today. I mean, we are in a society right now, probably more divided, than in the history of my life that I've ever known. Yeah. I've never seen a more divided United States of America. We're supposed mm. to be the United States of America, but we're really the divided <laughs> States of America. And everybody's dividing according to their human culture. And what God is saying in the midst of that is, I want you to learn how to rise above that, to live above the natural and enter into the supernatural, which is the kingdom. And so that's been our challenge. It's been a challenge to get people to, to learn that, to understand that, to get the revelation of that. And so down through the 30 years of doing church in this way, um, we've, as I say to our congregation all the time, we've gone through, we, we have about 20,000 in the church, but we've gone through hundreds of thousands of people to get to the 20,000 that are there because they've come and gone based on their like or dislike for reconciling culture. That's so good. You know, I think as, as I'm hearing you talk, Pastor Dennis, I want to remind everybody because there's people who have just recently connected. Today, we're talking to Pastor Dennis Rouse, author of the book One, One. Healing the Racial Divide. And I think, I think, Pastor Dennis, I think you've been able to, uh, in these years uh, as pastor um, in your church, you've been able to accomplish something that many pastors are wanting to do, but few are really able to get that far. You know, would, would you agree with, with that, that statement that a lot of people talk diversity and want it, but few get there? Um, yes, I would say that I've had a lot of challenges with pastors about this because what I've learned about reconciliation, now this is, this is controversial. I'm about to say something that's a little, little controversial, but it's, it's truth that I've learned over 30 years. When it comes to reconciling culture, 
what I've found is that it really starts in the white race because of the history that our nation has of slavery, of oppression, of just prejudice from the white race to other races down through the history of our nation. Now, a lot of whites don't want to agree with that, but it's true. And so what ends up happening is I have a lot of people from the black church, the Hispanic church that say, I want this, but I can't attract white people into my church. I can't get them to come mm. and listen to me speak because they're not used to assimilating under a minority leadership in their life. Whereas blacks, Hispanics, many of the minorities in our country are used to assimilating under white leadership in America, in the corporate world, in the business world, and so forth. So it's up to really, it's up to white pastors many times to kind of lead the way, not to be the only ones, but to lead the way of reconciliation because they're, they're the ones that are saying to the minority generations that are in this nation, we want you, we embrace you, we hmm. love you, we want to have a better relationship than we've had in the past. And we will take responsibility for some of those issues that have happened in the past so that we can try to work through those differences and correct some of the uh, injustices that, we've, that maybe we've inflicted upon other races in our nation. You know, that's a good you know, point. I think, I think it's true. I think we're, all of us are so used to looking from our own context and perspective. I'll speak right. as, a, as a Hispanic American, right? I'm, I'm a, I was born here in the States and in, in South Florida, but I'm, a, I'm the, the son of, of immigrants from Columbia, South America, you know, over, over 30 something years, almost 40 years ago. Um, yeah. but, but we're all kind of used to looking from our own perspective. So one thing that I admire of what you guys have been able to do, Pastor Dennis, is you've really been able to make this happen. Um, you talk about in the book, you talk about this insightful point Proximity forces us to stop, engage, listen, uh, and try to understand the other side of every argument. So here's the question. How can, how can leaders work to pursue this proximity with other people groups or other cultures in a way that's authentic and, and, and genuine and not forced? So that, that little point that you just stated is probably the hinge point for me, for reconciliation. Because what I've learned over time, that if you're always about trying to get other people to understand your point of view, mm. you're never going to be open to any change in the way you think. And right. so uh, Stephen Covey, I think, wrote this in the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He said, a person who's going to be highly effective in life and in relationship starts with the premise of seeking to understand rather than be understood. Hmm. In other words, I'm not trying to make my point. I want to hear your heart. I want to hear your point so that I can come to you and dialogue with you from the perspective that you're bringing to me instead of just trying to get you to believe the way that I believe. And I think one of the ways that we've tried to do that is have open dialogue. We, we, you know, we often do uh, small group dialogue about this subject where, where I tell our leaders, I said, now, the way you lead in a, in a mixed race uh, setting is you ask questions. You don't make statements or try to make your point. Hmm. You ask questions. And then as you an hear those questions answered, you get a feel for where the person you're talking to is coming from. What's their past? What's their history? What's their wounds? What are some of the challenges they're facing? So that when you're talking to them, you're talking to them from a part of, I'm trying to understand you rather than trying to get you 
to understand me. And I found that that kind of dialogue opens up a whole different way of talking, a whole different way of discussing yeah. a subject. Can you imagine, I mean, just for example, if we take it into politics, can you imagine if a Republican were to ask a Democrat, let me hear your point of view. Let me hear where you're coming from. Let me listen to some of the challenges and why you believe the way you do instead of let me tell you what my point of view is and why this is the only way. And I think once you take those positions, you kind of stop the progress of, mm -hmm. of any kind of real true reconciliation. So we, Colleen and I, from the very beginning, we just started being very intentional with people of color, with blacks or Hispanics or whoever we came in contact with, mm -hmm. we would start the dialogue by asking questions, not by, not by trying to make our point of view about anything. And we found that when you have those kind of conversations, it, it has a more peaceful transition into deeper talks and causes you, your heart to start to understand a little bit more about where that person, what that person's been through, what their struggles have been, you know, I think the key thing with Jesus, if you look at Jesus's key uh, component of all the things that Jesus exemplified, probably the one thing that really stood out to me and stands out to me is the fact that he has compassion yeah. for people who may have not, who may have had a different experience in life than, than he has had. And I think what he's tried to get across over and over again is to value people not based on their race or their human accomplishments or their economic levels or their education or whatever, but based on the fact that they are valuable because they're valuable to God. And when he died on a cross and shed his blood, he shed it for all humanity, not just for certain people. And once that blood was shed, it made every human being, no matter their, their color of their skin, their race, their culture, just as valuable as the person next to them. That's so powerful. I think what I'm, what I'm getting kind of what's standing out loud to me is just the importance of, of that, that dialogue, that conversation, that willingness to listen and understand. I think, I think that's huge, Pastor Dennis, because I think that so, so many, so often we're quick to start talking about what we think and what we believe. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and we don't take that time to listen, uh, which, which you just, you just tapped into a, a, an example, which I want to go there a little bit. Okay. Sure. Why do you think it's so difficult for people to reach across the aisle and collaborate, especially when it comes to social justice and race issues. I know you and I had a little bit of conversation off the air about this, how, how you know, certain political views lean towards one way and towards yeah. the other way. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, so one of the key um, verses in the Bible, in the book of Psalms says this, and, and it's, not, it's not just one verse, there's several different verses that say this. It says the throne of God, is built on two foundational stones, righteousness and justice, all right? And basically he judges us based on how well we balance those two in our life. Righteousness is right living and justice is doing right to help other people. When you think about politics, when you think about the Republican party, the Democratic party, if you really dived into it, you'll find that Typically, the right-wing party, the Republican Party, leans heavily on righteousness issues, such as abortion issues, same-sex marriage issues, morality, you know, dif different things like that. Whereas the Democratic Party leans heavily on 
justice issues, mm-hmm. equality, yeah. equal rights, making sure we're taking care of the poor, making sure we have prison reform, all those kinds of things. And the tendency is to think that your way is God's way, that, that, that God's on your side because you have issues that line up with the Bible. But the fact is God has both righteousness and justice. Wow. And you can't win an election on both. You have to choose one or the other. And so politics will never be the answer. It'll never solve it. All politics will do is cause more division. Wow. And what the enemy has strategically done both in the world and in the church is he's used the two pillars that God builds his throne on and pitted them against one another instead of causing them to work in harmony together. And so what God's saying to the church is you're the ones who are going to have to speak up about this. You're going to have to not just speak up about righteousness issues, but also about justice issues. And you can't just be on one side or the other. You can't be a Republican Christian or a Democrat Christian. Mm-hmm. You have to be a real Christian that is not basing their relationship with God on politics, right. but on the Bible. And that's why I think, I think it's a huge revelation. Very few people understand it. Most, pe- most people get groomed either on the righteousness side or the justice side. If they watch Fox News, they're going to hear about righteousness. If they watch MSNBC, they're going to hear about justice and they're going to pit each other one against the other. And that's just the way the world is designed. And the enemy is laughing, laughing at Christians while they join one political party or the other thinking this is God's answer to society. Wow. You know, I I so appreciate that you brought that up, Pastor Dennis, because I think you're right. I think each one of us thinks I'm right. And my political party is right because yeah. this is what I believe. And look what the Bible says when there's, there's, so, <laughs> there's so much more. And obviously, as, as Christians, obviously, our heart is for the Lord. But uh, we can't miss out. If we lean towards righteousness, we can't forget about the justice side. Exactly. And if we lean towards justice, we can't forget about the righteousness side. This is so good. Everybody, we are connected right now on a live call. Uh, with Pastor Dennis Rouse. He is the author of the book, One, Healing the Racial Divide. I think it's the most incredible time in history to have a book like this come out. And the thing about Pastor Dennis, for all you who are connected right now, is that he doesn't just talk the talk, he walks it. And uh, he has been doing so in ministry as a pastor for so many years. Um, uh, I'm going to let everybody know in a few moments how you can get this book for free today by connecting here with us on this Avail live call. Pastor Dennis, this conversation is getting really interesting. And I think there's a lot of people who are leaning in as we're talking because it's refreshing to hear from a voice like yours that not just is not just talking about things that you think and that you believe, but that you've walked out and lived as a leader in the community, as a pastor, uh, with the intentional purpose of bringing united, uh, unity and, and diversity to your church community. Here's a question. You may not have too much to say on this. Let me know your thoughts. What insight can you provide to individuals who are trying to understand between the difference uh, between racism and then what's maybe called privilege or preference? Okay, so first of all, uh, let's let's just say this. I know it's hard for us to even comprehend this, but let's just say that if you're born in America, if you live in this country, based on the condition of the world, Mm -hmm. you are privileged. You are privileged to live in a country that's free, that has opportunity. um, That's, you know, they say, if you make, if you make 
$25,000 a year in salary, you're in the top 5% income of the world. If you make $50,000 a year, you're in the top 1% income of the world. And the majority of Americans live in that world. Now we recognize that there are people that are poor in our country that are living in poverty that have uh, yeah. challenges in, in these areas. Then we take it to another level where you start talking about white privilege, which is the new buzzword now. Do whites have privilege? Have they had privilege? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. If you grow up in a white world, you're white, I'm white. I may not look white because I've been in Florida, but I, I am white. And um, I recognize that I probably have advantages that have been afforded me because I did not come from slavery, from immigration, from Jim Crow laws, from poor education, from you know some of the things that many minorities have come from based on prejudice and or racism. Racism, the difference is racism is where you actually believe and live out that your race is superior to another race. Mm. And racism is not just for whites. I mean, blacks sometimes enter into a place where they believe their race is superior. Hispanics believe their race is superior. Asians believe their, in other words, you can be a racist. You don't have to be just white to be a racist. Mm-hmm. But racism is where you actually believe that. In, in your core, you believe that. And the reason we had slavery, the reason we have many problems with people, how they approach or think about immigrants is they inherently, internally believe that their race is superior to another Mm. race. They have no concept of what that person has gone through or why they may be limited in their education or limited in their economics based Mm. on previous racial disparity in their past or their history of their family. The, the bottom line is the majority of people of other races in this country start at a different starting line than white people generally do. And it's hard for us, white folks I'm speaking of, to admit that, to be willing to have actually admit that and or to do anything about it because we've been used to being in power for so long, we don't wanna give up that power. Nobody wants to give up power But the reality is once you become a a true follower of Christ, your life is no longer about power. Your life is about humility, Mm -hmm. brokenness, learning to live for Christ, no longer for yourself, to value others as much as you value yourself. That's the reality of a Christian life. Most Christians don't get that, but that's what it's supposed to be. That's so good. Um, I think, I think that, that, beginning to understand this is a good first step. Sure. And I think that before 2020, uh, Pastor Dennis, a lot of people just maybe didn't, did, didn't have any conversations. And so I, I'm hopeful and I'm expecting where even, even a resource like this Q&A that we're having, this conversation that we're having is going to help some people understand this a little bit better. We live in a very uh, uh, technological world nowadays, Pastor Dennis. Um, how have you found ways or, you know, or maybe things that you've learned to use maybe social media, for example, to promote unity instead of promoting hate and division as it so often does. Because I, I don't know about you, but I've seen conversations happening on Facebook and Instagram and, and oh, yeah. division, almost like fights happening in social media 
What can you speak into that? Well, we've, both my wife and I, when we started, and by the way, I'm not a big social media giant, but I do get on social media and I do post from time to time, but we made an agreement when we started on social media, never, never to post things that would create division or cause mm. people anguish. And so there's enough bad news out there. You don't have to post it again and again and again. Everybody <laughs> kind of knows, yeah, there's problems. There, there's yeah. big time. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to regurgitate or vomit up the problems. They're always going to be on social media. The problem in social media is you've got a lot of people who feel powerless in life and social media gives them power. It gives them some way to voice their opinions or their thoughts, even though they don't really have a place of influence in society. And they figure if I just voice this, I'll feel better. I get it off my chest. I can tell people how I really feel. And they use social media for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. If you're a follower of Christ, you do not use social media to stir up problems and anger. You use social media to bring solutions to problems to show people a better way and a way out of the situation. And so when I see videos of, of, you know, things that have been unjustly done in society, my response to that is, okay, before I react to it and let my anger or my feelings be exposed on social media, let me take it first to God and pray. Mm -hmm. And then let me ask God, what would you have me to say about those things? How would you have me to respond versus just responding in the moment, just letting my emotions get the best of me? I think that when you respond emotionally, you're responding with an immature heart. You just haven't yeah. matured properly. And you haven't learned how to manage your emotions enough to know when to speak. And the Bible says to be slow to speak, quick to listen, and hmm. slow to be angry where we're the exact opposite. We're quick to get angry, quick to speak and, and slow to, and, and, and not quick to listen, slow to listen. Right. And I think we're going exactly the opposite way. So I think if you're going to go on social media, if you're going to use that as your platform of, of influence, try to influence people to get, to get closer to God and draw them yeah. closer to God because their heart's not going to change by your opinion about something that, you don't like or something that's going wrong in society that doesn't draw anybody to Christ. All that does is it stirs up more anger and anguish in people. Yeah. And I think uh, for everybody who's connected and watching and listening, probably leaders, I think as leaders, it's even more important because everybody's watching. And, you know, if we don't think about a, a, a post, if we're kind of take a, a, an impulsive, as you said, kind of immature approach, we might regret, you know, what we're posting, what we're saying, and it might even cause division. And I think that's, um, it's important to think about that, especially in a, in a time where there's so much sensitivity to what's being said. And, and again, sometimes people can't see your face or hear your tone when you're, when you're typing out letters, you know, in social media and all this. So right. um, for everybody who's connected and, and maybe even connected recently, we're talking to Pastor Dennis Rouse, the author of the book, One 
Healing the Racial Divide. Uh, after we finish this Q&A, in a few moments, we're going to be talking about how you can get your hands on this book and how you can help others get this book as well. That's going to be a great blessing uh, to your life as a leader. And I think anybody who picks it up is going to be blessed from these principles and from this information because we need to bring healing to a, uh, to a divided country, as, we, as Pastor Dennis mentioned a few moments ago. Um, I think that I think that the thought and the idea of having a diverse church or team or staff or, you know, a group of people together, I think it's ideal. I think most people say, yeah, this is what I want. What would you say, Pastor Dennis, are some of the things that are holding leaders back from moving towards inclusivity, maybe, as they take those steps? What are some of the things that hold people back? I think, I think one of the challenges that a lot of pastors face is if they start to go down this road of reconciling culture and they start to emphasize it in their church, they take the risk of losing people. They have mm. people that are not into that. They don't want that. They're, they prefer not to have that. I'll give you mm. a perfect example. When we started the church and we started to teach on the subject of reconciling culture and we started to put people of other races on the stage, let them preach, hire them on staff, being very intentional to let all the races have leadership positions in the church and not just have one race be the leader of everybody. When that started happening, uh, the dynamics of the church shifted where a lot of the minorities felt more empowered in the church, which caused them to bring more people to the church. And right. as their numbers increased, this is a sad statement, but a lot of the white families that we started with felt threatened that they would, they would not be in, in the majority as wow. time grew on, especially when they started putting their little children in children's church and their child was not the majority in the, in the children's church. Mm -hmm. And so what we found is that there was just a silent uh, apathy towards reconciliation that we didn't recognize yeah. in, in many people. And then inevitably people would just leave. They would just leave. And then we had to ask ourselves the question, are we going to love people uh, enough to stay with this message? Hmm. Even if we lose our own race, even if they leave us in the, in the midst of this. And thankfully our church still has white people. And I mean, there's still a percentage of people that stayed in our church and continue to bring people. It's just that, that, it's more comfortable for them just like it is for black people or Hispanic or Asian to go to the church that has their, that's dominated by their race. They feel more opportunity in those churches than they do sometimes in a mixed race culture. So we just determined, look, we're going to set the, we're going to set the course. We're going to, I'm going to be very intentional on in who I put on that stage. I'm going to be very like our worship. For example, we don't have one style of worship. We tell everybody that we try to give a blend of worship styles, which is never going to give you all that you want. It's <laughs> not going to ever be all that you want. Right. You're going to have to give up some things for reconciliation. And the preaching styles are going to be mixed. When I'm preaching on the family, I'm, I, I used to filter it primarily through the white family, but now I realize I got to think through the lens of the black family and the dynamics yeah. of that and the Latino family and the Asian family. And so I have to bring those dynamics into the equation of preaching. And that's not easy to do. 
And sometimes people that are another culture, not, well, I don't, I don't relate to that. That's not in my family dynamic. But again, you're asking people to give up some of the things that they normally are comfortable with in church for the sake of demonstrating reconciliation and learning how to, to live together in harmony. That's so good. Um, I want to ask you one more question, Pastor Dennis, then we're going to jump into how people can get this book, sure. uh, which is, which is your new baby, right? The, the book yeah. one. And, uh, and, 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 you know, there's a few things that we want to offer. Here's, here's the next question. In the book, you talk about how holding on to offense hinders us from reconciliation. Have there been opportunities in your experience along your journey as pastor and leader to be offended? Have you had opportunities to be offended? And then how have you overcome that? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Basically, for the entire 30 years, every year, we've had opportunities to to get offended at certain situations. I remember uh, going back many, many years ago when... um, I was, uh, I was not many years ago, but I was preaching and President Obama got elected, for example. And that was a new dynamic for our nation. First time African-American pastor, when actually he's half African-American, half white, you know, but nobody ever recognizes that he's half white because he doesn't look half white. And so that was a huge celebration in the black community in our mm-hmm. city, right? But at the same time, I had the I mean, I understood that his platform also included that he was pro-abortion, pro-gay gay marriage, pro, a lot of things that would go against what I would believe the biblical values, all right? Mm-hmm. So we had, a, we had a dynamic in our church where the, right after the election, there was, a, there was a yearning from the minority community to celebrate this new president because now we had a black president for the first time in history. At the same time, our white congregation was like, uh, well, what about these righteousness issues and and some of these Mm -hmm. moral issues that we stand for? So I stood up and I preached how to pray for our president. And I talked about the benefits, the wonderful thing of being able finally as a country to elect somebody that was not white as our president and to learn to grow under a leader of another race that for the first time in the history of America, that was just going to be possibly an amazing opportunity. But at the same time, we can't overlook some of the issues that we want to pray for that would change in the heart of our leader. And I do that for any leader, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat. And all of a sudden, I mean, you would have thought after that sermon that I was the devil, that I had, (laughs) that I had spoken words from hell, that I had done something really evil by saying anything, anything at all negative about uh, our new president. So we had people writing letters, we had people leaving the church, we had all these kind of things happening. And, they, and these are people that have been with me for years, knowing my heart for reconciliation. And so I had to work through, I had to work through the dynamics of, man, you, any moment, and this is why preachers struggle to preach on the subject, any moment you can say one thing and culture will cancel you. Wow. They will cancel you in a moment by just saying one thing that's not agreeable or offensive to to their way of thinking. And so I learned over the years that as a Christian, and this is something that another thing, a lot of Christians don't know this, but as a Christian, I give up the right to be offended. 
if I hold on to that right, I'm always going to find ways to be offended at somebody from another race, another culture. But if I give up the right because I'm a Christian, even though I have the right to be offended, and I decide I'm going to love people even if they don't love me back. I'm going to love my enemies. I'm going to bless those who curse me. I'm going to do good to those who hate me. I'm going to pray for those who use me and persecute me. If I do that, then I stay free. I stay free. I don't, I'm not living under this constant anger and frustration that other people are not going to meet, meet up to my expectations and they're not going to treat me right. I don't have an expectation that people are going to treat me right. I think Jesus recognized it right away that no matter what he did, yeah. he was going to, some people were not going to agree with him mm -hmm. and they were going to hate him. And they ultimately they're going to put him on a cross, but he still said, father, forgive them for they really just don't know what they're doing. There's they're deceived. There's an area of their life that's <clears throat> deceived. And so what we've learned to have true, reconciliation is you've got to constantly live in a perpetual state of forgiveness. Hmm. But no matter what people say or do, no matter how much they spew at you. I mean, I did a video a while back of washing a black young black man's feet. And I was doing this in a series I was teaching out of this book, actually on one. And I, and I, and it was right in the heat of a major upheaval in society where a, a, a couple of, Blacks had been shot by police and there was a lot of controversy over what went down. And so I was teaching on this and I, and I, I said, I, and as I sat down with this black man, I said, I just want to say to you, I want to wash your feet because I want to demonstrate to you that this is what Jesus said for us to do, to humble ourselves, to look you in the eye, to value you as much as I value any other person in the earth and to, value your future as much as I value my own, that I want you to be able to grow up in a country that values a black person as much as they value a white person. And I'm going to do my best to do that. So I, it was a, it was a very, you know, it was a moving video. It moved our congregation. It went out, it went viral, a couple million views of it, hmm. but inevitably down through the list of comments and thousands of comments, there were people just spewing all kinds of hate and vitriol. I mean, blacks, saying things, white saying things, mm -hmm. everybody saying things. I was, and I was like, whoa, no matter how much you try to love people, yeah, there's just a lot of bitterness in people's hearts and you've got to just walk through it, loving them anyway. You just got to walk through them, loving them anyway. That's so good. I think that's a message that the world needs to hear. And uh, let me take this opportunity, uh, Pastor Dennis, and let everybody know about this book. So we've been talking about it from the beginning. Uh, the book is One, Healing the Racial Divide. Pastor Dennis Rouse, who has uh, been sharing uh, so much of his heart, which is poured into this book. You can get this book today for free, for free. All you have to do is cover shipping. Uh, you can get it for free. And how can you do that? Here's how you can do that. If you go to availleadership.org forward slash Rouse. We're putting, up, putting it up in the live Zoom chat. We know that there's so many people, by the way, people from the United States, different states, there's somebody from, people from Africa connected, people from South America connected. You can get this book today. In fact, you can go right now, or as soon as this finishes, go to uh, availleadership.org forward slash Rouse. It's Pastor Dennis' last name, R-O-U-S-E. And it will give you the information on how you can get this book in your hands for free. You can share that link with somebody. We want more people to get this message. 
in their hands. By the way, I want to mention, as always, Avail always wants to kick it up another step and you can get it for free. I personally recommend that you actually upgrade to the Masterclass Bundle. That includes the book. It includes the study guide, which is off the chain, by the way. Uh, and it also includes the 10-part online video course. Again, it's complimentary to the book. The book is One Healing the Racial Divide by Pastor Dennis Rouse. Uh, if you upgrade to the Masterclass Bundle, you're going to get not only the book, you're going to get the study guide, and you're also going to get the 10-part online video course. Uh, and it'll, it'll also be tagged on the end with this Q&A for people who want to see it and hear it in the future as well. Uh, this is powerful content. This is a no-brainer, once again, from Avail. You've got to get this book in your hands. You might even be thinking of some leaders, some friends, a pastor, a colleague, a family member who could benefit from this book. You could get this book today. You could order it, get it for free, or no-brainer, upgrade to the Masterclass Bundle where you get the book, you get the study guide, and you also get the 10-part video Masterclass online. This is an awesome opportunity for people to delve in. Uh, Pastor Dennis, what do you think, um, and we're not, we're not done yet because I want to say a few, th few more things, but, but why do you think it's important for somebody to get this book? So I wrote this book with two things in, in mind. One was to, uh, of course, obviously educate and help people understand the, 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 the value of reconciling culture. But the other thing was, this is a way for you to start a small group. The, mm. the whole book is designed for that. And the, the work, the study, the study book, the videos are designed for small group curriculum so that you can actually gather some of your friends in your home and have a real dialogue, have a real dialogue about, yeah. about these subjects. You read a chapter each week, dialogue about it, gets people thinking, gets people talking. And so the idea was, this is how you can get, you can, you personally can influence other people. And I guarantee you, if you're at work, you got people at work that are interested in the subject, you're, you know, school, whatever it is. It's a great way to start people down the road of really talking through some of the real issues that are out there with biblical content that brings you back to center. So you don't get off base with it, you know, yeah. where you can really learn from Christ how to do this thing. So good. So everybody here is the deal of the day. Go get your book for free today. One healing the racial divide by Pastor Dennis Rouse. Here's my suggestion, upgrade it. This is a no brainer. This is gonna be a blessing for you. You're gonna probably end up getting it for a friend or inviting a friend to do it. Hey, start a small group. Uh, you can upgrade to the Masterclass Bundle, which includes the book. It includes the study guide, the companion study guide. And it also includes the 10 part video Masterclass. You will have access to that as soon as you upgrade to the Masterclass Bundle. All of that is at availleadership.org forward slash Rouse, R-O-U-S-E. Our team has put it on the chats here. If you want to click on that, uh, I just want to mention before we get some final words from Pastor Dennis, just want to mention uh, if you have not yet uh, tapped into the Avail Journal. Uh, I don't know, Pastor Dennis, if you had a chance to see the Avail Journal by Dr. Sam Chan and the Avail team. The Avail Journal is an awesome, awesome leadership journal. This is not just any magazine. This is a quality journal. You can get your free annual subscription if you go to availjournal.com. If you haven't gotten it, you can get a free annual subscription, not just one copy, free annual subscription at availjournal.com. Uh, Pastor Dennis, have you had a chance to see this journal? I have, and uh, yeah, I see Dr. Chan on the front cover. Dr. Chan is on my board, actually. I know him very well. Um, one of the best Christian 
magazines I've ever seen. <laughs> it's got incredible content in it. A uh, lot of different people writing articles. Yeah. Um, they did write an article about our transition that we've just recently gone through in our church and uh, can't say enough about it. You don't see many good Christian periodicals anymore. This mm-hmm. is real quality. So I would highly recommend it. Excellent. Yeah. So availjournal.com. And once again, for those of you who may be connected a little later, if you're looking for community with other leaders, not only nationally, even internationally, you can connect on our private Facebook page. That's availleadershipconnect.com. Availleadershipconnect.com to, to just connect with some community. There's no cost. Every day, every week, there's leadership resources you can connect to. Uh, and again, uh, today's offer is the book one, Healing the Racial Divide by Pastor Dennis Rouse. Get it for free by going to availleadership.org forward slash Rouse or clicking on the link. Uh, I suggest upgrading to the masterclass bundle where you will have plenty more resources. Pastor Dennis, this has been amazing. And here's, here's the last thing that I want to uh, ask you to, as, we, as we're closing off uh, this uh, live call that has been amazing. Um, we have a pandemic going on right now, Pastor Dennis. There's an election coming up uh, at the time of this recording. Uh, there's a globe that's hurting and yearning for unity. Somebody on, the, on our Q&A put a question as well. How do we deal with all this? If you could sum up the premise of your book, One, in a few sentences, what would that message be for us and for our world today? So I would say we're right now in probably one of the most dynamic moments in the history of our world, uh, where you have a perfect storm of four things. You have a pandemic, the economic downturn, the racial division, uh, that's sweeping around. And then this political uh, election all happening within the next, you know, over the next few months. It's got people really concerned, confused, disappointed, depressed, you name it. This is where, if you're a follower of Christ, you have to step into this. You, you can't avoid this. You have to step into it. Jesus said, we are the light of the world we are the salt of the earth. We are the flavor of God. We are the color of God in the midst of all this darkness. This is a moment. The book is, is written to address this moment right now. It's not just addressing racial issues. It addresses several things, but it's written on time, in time. I wrote yeah. this book in the last few months. This has not been written you know, years ago. This has been written during all this crisis when all this is going on. So you'll see in the book, I'm addressing all the subjects that we're currently dealing with right now. I wanna just encourage people to stand when they see everyone else falling by the wayside, getting depressed, getting offended, to stand in the middle of this and proclaim the truths of God's word. His word is true and it works and it reconciles and it heals and it brings hope into the midst of hopelessness. It is the word for the hour. The gospel is the word for the hour. And I just want to say that that, you know, the book is written from that perspective. And I encourage all of you, all of you that are watching us, anyone that reads this book to not give in to the, to the things that the world is doing right now and to just stay, keep your eyes on what God's word says, mm. and you will make it through this. You're going to make it through this, uh, this, this tra- challenging time that we're going through right now. That's great advice. And for everybody, if you want more of that great advice, 
please do not miss out on this offer for the book one by Pastor Dennis Rouse, Healing the Racial Divide. Upgrade to the Masterclass Bundle by going to availleadership.org forward slash Rouse. Pastor Dennis, what an honor for all of us. What an honor and privilege for myself, our Avail team, and everybody connected and everybody who's going to listen and watch in to this uh, recording in the future. Thank you for leading with authenticity. Thank you for modeling a way that a lot of us leaders can follow. Um, and thank you for being obedient to God's call in your life. Thank you, Virgil. I've enjoyed it very much. And to everybody connected, what a pleasure. Thank you for connecting with us once again uh, here on our Avail Leadership Live Call. Uh, it's an honor. Uh, remember, if you're looking for leadership content, leadership resources, a leadership community and family, you can find it here at Avail. Uh, by the way, connect to our availleadershipconnect.com. That's where you can connect to our Facebook. And uh, thank you, Pastor Dennis, once again. The book is, one, Healing the Racial Divide. Don't miss out on this. Click on that link today. Upgrade to the Masterclass Bundle today because those videos are going to be an excellent added resource to this read. We love you all, and we'll see you next time here at Avail. God bless. Thank you for joining us for this timely and relevant conversation with Pastor Dennis Rouse. For more information about his amazing and multiculturally diverse church, you can visit victoryatl.com. And if you're looking for a community of leaders to connect to, visit availleadershipconnect.com where you will be directed to our Avail Leadership Connect group on Facebook. Lastly, you can claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. We hope you've been blessed and inspired. As always, thank you for connecting with us to grow in the art of leadership here at the Avail Leadership Podcast.